0: shall be preached in all the world, then shall the end come.
1: Hey everyone, and welcome to this latest episode of Fuel for the Harvest. This is Charlie.
0: And this is Nathan, and we will be your hosts for today. And we are jumping back into the book of Colossians. Today we're going to be beginning with chapter 2, verse 4 um and then we'll be working our way uh into chapter three so uh we're really excited to have you guys here but without any further ado let's just read this it's a giant section of text um, if you want to follow along in your bible that would be helpful but obviously you might be driving or something so you don't have to do that. <laughs> but anyway we'll read it to you here, and this will be the deal
1: for the harvest audio bible let's there go. you go
0: <laughs> i'm saying this so that no one will be so that no one will deceive you with arguments that sound reasonable for i may be absent in body but i am with you in spirit rejoicing to see how well ordered you are and the strength of your faith in christ so then just as you have received christ jesus as lord continue to live in him being rooted and built up in him and established in the faith just as you were taught and overflowing with gratitude Be careful that no one takes you captive through philosophy and empty deceit based on human tradition, based upon the elements of the world rather than Christ. For the entire fullness of God's nature dwells bodily in Christ, and you have been filled by him who is the head over every ruler and authority. You were also circumcised in him with a circumcision not done with hands by putting off the body of flesh in the circumcision of Christ. When you were buried with him in baptism, In which you were also raised with him through faith in the working of God who raised him from the dead. And when you were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he made you alive with him and forgave all our trespasses. He erased the certificate of debt with its obligations that was against us and opposed to us. And he has taken it away by nailing it to the cross. He disarmed the rulers and authorities and disgraced them publicly. He triumphed over them in him. Therefore, don't let anyone judge you in regard to food and drink or in the matter of a festival or new moon or Sabbath day. These are a shadow of what is to come. The substance is Christ. Let no one condemn you by delighting in ascetic practices and the worship of angels claiming access to visionary, the visionary realm. Such people are inflated by empty notions of their unspiritual mind. He doesn't hold on... the head from whom the whole body nourished and held together by its ligaments and tendons grows with growth from god if you died with christ to the elements of this world why do you live as if you still belong to this world why do you submit to regulations don't handle don't taste don't touch all these regulations refer to what is destined to perish by being used up they are human commands and doctrines although these have a reputation for wisdom by promoting self-made religion false humility and severe treatment of the body they are not of any value in curbing self indulgence so if you have been raised with christ seek the things above where christ is seated at the right hand of god set your minds on the things above not on earthly things for you died and your life is hidden with christ in god when christ who is your life appears then you also will appear with him in glory. That That is is a
1: thick passage right there too. So uh, super excited to just dig in and uh, talk about some of the truths and things that we see in this passage. Uh, So I wanna start off just by looking at what are the encouragements, challenges, or warnings that we see in this passage? And um, some of them, are are pretty clear, pretty simple. Like I see one of the spiritual challenges and, and encouragements as to grow in Christ, basically. Mm-hmm. Like mature in Christ, seek Jesus, grow in him. Uh it says just as you have received Christ Jesus as Lord. So that's a lot of us listening to this podcast. Maybe some of you haven't received him as Lord yet. You haven't said I give you my life, I will follow, I believe. Um, if you haven't, I encourage you that you do because you're going to find today in this episode what Jesus is victorious over. And it is a great encouragement to my life. And I believe it will be for yours as well. But it says this, just as you received him as Lord, continue to walk in him. That word walk, when you see it in the scripture, it means pattern of life. Just like you walk in a line or you walk down a trail, it's a continual practice. Like it means a continual lifestyle. So if you've received him as Lord, continue to walk in him, continue to grow in him, being rooted and built up and established in the faith, just as you were taught. So Here's a challenge and encouragement. Keep growing in Christ. Hmm. Don't let that move to the side. Don't don't let some other thing in life distract you. Keep growing in Christ. Nate, what other challenges or encouragements or warnings do you see?
0: Yeah, uh, one of the big ones that I see kind of repeated a couple of times here is this idea of like self-made religion um don't taste don't touch don't look at this do this uh all of these kind of like restrictions that we put on ourselves in order to appear as though we're doing all the right stuff Mm -hmm. uh but obviously uh from context it's it's clear that paul's saying hey uh just by not doing these things you haven't really addressed the core issue um, I think that that's kind of what he's getting into here. When uh, he, in verses eleven and twelve and thirteen, when he's talking about circumcision and all of that, he's saying this is an issue of the heart, not an issue of the body. Like your your actions need to come out of your heart, not the other way around.
1: Yeah, super interesting. And uh, one other thing that I'm seeing is this reality: to not be deceived by lies. Yeah, like he's warning them time and time again. He's like, Hey, listen to this. I'm saying this so no one will deceive you. Don't be deceived is one of the challenges and warnings. Don't be deceived. Make sure no one takes you captive. So how do we know if somebody's deceiving us? We don't (laughs) because we're being deceived. Now we can see somebody trying to deceive us if we know the truth. So Mm -hmm. again, he's saying, know the truth, grow in Christ so that no one will deceive you because if you don't, you can easily be deceived and don't let these other people condemn you either. So like if you're growing in Christ and you're on this straight path that he's calling you to walk down, don't let these people condemn you who aren't on that same path. And I'm seeing in this passage uh, two um, tendencies and realities spiritually. One is what you just talked about. Let's add all these rules and regulations this is what the Pharisees did for generations. So finally when Jesus walks on the scene in the flesh, you have hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of rules that were added to God's word that God didn't write that they wrote. And then they never helped people fulfill them. So that's why you have Jesus blasting all these guys like how could you do this? Like this is not God's word and you're literally putting down these people that I care about, not lifting them up and empowering them. So we see this tendency. Let's let's do legalistic works to earn God's favor he'll like me if i do these things he'll he'll love me more if i just read my bible for five extra minutes today now again it's very important that we read our bible but that you're not going to increase or decrease god's love like that's in him not in us Mm -hmm. as far as what whether it's real or not secondly the other tendency i see is rebellion so we have self-made religion and we have rebellion and like overindulgence self-indulgence like do whatever you want which was a problem in this day and age which is why paul's speaking these things because you had people like pharisees or others who were like hey we're going to make a bunch of rules for you you had other people who were like hey the material in the physical world is separated so do whatever you want in the physical realm like sin have fun do anything and we know that even to us that looks good at first that's fun like yeah, it's going to taste good. It's going to feel good. It's going to be good until a little while later when you feel empty, you feel anxious, you feel burdened, you feel depressed. And you're like, I don't know why I'm this way and I can't get out and I'm stuck and in darkness. That's the result long-term. Um, and he's saying, Hey, that's not the way either. Like Mm -hmm. the way is God loves you receive the good news. Jesus died on the cross and canceled all your sin, canceled all your debt it's wiped clean. So don't let these things rule you anymore. It's right in the center, right in the middle, start to live out the truth because Jesus already paid it. And at the same time, you don't have to earn it because he already paid it. Mm.
0: Yeah, it's really good. And that's a, Mm. that is a fine line that I think even us today, we really struggle with. Like it's not, that's a 2000 year old difficulty, (laughs) um, uh, threading that needle between Working really hard, thinking that you're earning your way to God, and on the flip side, doing whatever you want because Jesus paid for it. When in reality, it's it really is threading that needle. Some of the go ahead. No, it's interesting. It's like,
1: uh, these, yeah, the it's it's living out the life that God has for us in the light of Christ and really just saying, Man, I really love Jesus, and if I really love him, I want what he wants,
0: right? And I think that the key in Living that out, uh, because I know, I mean, everybody struggles. Like, I think some of us tend more towards one or the other, maybe. Like, uh, I think I tend more towards trying to earn God's approval by doing good things. Um, and I'm sure there are other people out there who tend more towards living in that freedom. (laughs) Um, (laughs) but, uh, so we'll,
1: we'll,
0: yeah, go ahead. I, I think the key for the average person in getting past these is uh figuring out what does it look like for me to show my love for jesus so uh jesus says himself he says if you love me you'll obey my commandments so when when these choices and actions emerge out of our love for god i think that what we see is something much more healthy uh it's not it's not i'm doing this to earn approval it's i'm doing this because I want to tell you, I love you. Like I do, I'll do various things around the house to communicate to Taylor, my wife, that I do in fact love her. And that when I say, I love you, it's not just empty words that there's actually something to back it up. So I think that that's the key. It's where does it come from? Why are we doing this? Um, And in my opinion, that is love.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Good perspective. And uh, this is so relevant today. In the day Colossians was written, as we said on former podcast episodes, they were going. The culture was going against the grain of Jesus and who he is and what he stands for. Look around our world today, the cultures of today are going against the grain of Jesus and who he is and what he stands for. Intensely going against him. And so these truths could not be more relevant. Um, and as I look at this, I think we often let's just assume, okay, great, I got that. Thank you guys for helping me out figuring that out, but I am still struggling so hardcore. What do I do? Like, I don't want to do it, but I'm I I continue to fall into sin. And so, like, maybe I need to set up these legalistic things so that I don't do it. Like, maybe I need to look at my sin and why am I sinning and why am I doing that? And and I just need to to just really focus on that and set up things against it. But again, look at this passage why why are you submitting to these regulations don't handle don't taste don't touch like as if that's going to help you Mm. because it's not they're all self-made false humility they're not in any value of curbing self-indulgence they won't help you stop this um what will will the next verses tell us so if you've been raised with christ seek the things above so it commands us seek the things above set your minds on things above not on earthly things hey guess what you want to know what your identity is you're dead (laughs) you have died and your life is hidden with christ christ who is your life so what's your identity it's jesus you're a child of god that's it that's enough you're his that's your identity so in case you came here today wondering what's my identity and i got to figure it out there you go it's pretty simple you got it It's Jesus. If you're if you're a follower of his, you're a child of God, that's your identity. It's no longer I who live, it's Christ who lives in me. So I think we need to not focus on ourselves and we need to not focus on our sin. Don't don't seek to stop your sin. Simply seek your savior. Hmm. That's it. Fix your eyes on Jesus. And I think he the scripture says he's the one who's able to keep you from stumbling. He's the one who's able to keep you from falling. He's the one who has the victory. So fix your eyes on him because. In this passage, we if we were to ask, what is Jesus victorious over? Well, number one, it's sin. Like he paid the price for our sin. He's victorious over that. And number two, I think there's three things we see him victorious over in this passage. But number two, Jesus is victorious over the lies. So all these lies we're talking about, good news, he's victorious over them. So stop looking at the lies. Stop looking at your sin. How can I figure this out? How can I set up regulations? I would say, let's make it more simple. Let's look at Jesus,
0: and that goes back to what you were saying, Nate, the issue of love. yeah. and uh just like I I you may have heard that statement before, like your identity is Christ or your identity is in Christ. Um, i I think that that's a really confusing statement for most people. Uh, I don't know uh, Charlie, if you have any handles that you could give to say, well, this is kind of more what that means, practically speaking because, Honestly that's just like such a it's a great statement and a true biblical statement but it just uh, for for many of us it doesn't make any sense.
1: Yeah, it's a good question and I think it goes into which I'd love for us to unpack for a little bit Paul's addressing lies that were going around in the culture of the Colossians in that day and age. We have lies going around in our culture today too. Sure. And I'd love to dig into some of those lies, but the reason I say that is because of this lie. Our culture says If you want to discover who you are and what your identity is, look within yourself Mm -hmm. and you'll find the truth. You'll find who you are. You'll find your identity. This passage is literally like, no, forget that. Look upward. Don't fix your eyes on earthly things. Don't fix your eyes on yourself. Don't fix your look at Jesus. And that's where you'll find the truth. So when I say that, I'm I'm literally looking at that truth of that passage and saying, hey, it commands us, seek the things. Above, mm. like you're dead. We like to be like, hey, well, what Myers Briggs am I? What Enneagram number am I? Well, which spiritual gifts do I have? And I'm this, and you're that. And I'm like, guys, hey, that's fine and dandy. But when's the last time you just sat down and said, who's Jesus? Mm. And it changes everything because we get our eyes off ourselves, and we're gonna fail ourselves. We're gonna fail each other. We're gonna disappoint each other, and our identity. It's like this. If you had a king of a city and everybody knew who that king was, and you were able to go out into the city and be like, hey, that's my dad. Like, I'm the prince. Yeah, that's my identity. All of a sudden you have status, you have power, you have favor with the people. Like you you get to just jump ahead and everything because of who your dad is as the king. Mm. And so I, uh, the same way, I'm like. Look at who Jesus is. He's the one with all power, all control, all authority. He's fully loving, fully just, and we're his. Like Mm -hmm. we have a father in heaven. And so we don't have to be like, man, well, I'm this or I'm that. It's like, nope, who he says I am is enough. What my purpose is, it's his purpose. What my identity is, it's I'm a child of God. And whoever Jesus is, that's my life now. Whatever he's about, that's my life now.
0: Yep. And, uh, I think that the key is what you just said there. It's what does he say I am? Um, So like in your uh, a few sentences back when you were saying, you know, the the world tells us to look inside ourselves. And the idea is that when you look inside yourself, you're going to ask questions and get answers. Right. Like, who am I? And you're going to get these answers from inside yourself. Uh, Really what we're saying when we say, find your identity in Christ is we're saying, ask Jesus, who am I? And then let him speak. And what, and that's what you went on to talk about in your illustration. Like he says, you're righteous. He says, you're taken care of. He says, you're beloved. He says like all of these things. Um, So when we find our identity in Christ, what happens is we stop being so because we're so confident in who Jesus is and who he says we are, we, we stop having to fix our eyes on ourselves, and we start being more able to fix our eyes on Jesus because we're, we're at rest with who he's made us to be. Does that make sense? And, And not just like literally who he's made us to be in like, well, well, I feel this way or I feel this not, no, no, no. Who he's made us to be as his children with the sacrifice that he made on the cross. That's what I mean by that. Yeah. and
1: again that goes back to who he is right i'm righteous and made righteous
0: because he is righteous right not not because of something that i've done but because of who he says i am because of what he did
1: yeah 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 and so it's all again goes back to who is jesus and honestly i think we spend too much time trying to figure out who we are what's my identity and who am i and like it says, "Fix your eyes above your right. your life is hidden with Christ. Christ I, I, is I your
0: life. Agreed. You are dead. Christ lives." I I agree. I I think that the scriptures do give us an identity, though, mm-hmm. and I think the reason it gives us an identity is because God knows that these questions plague people, like who am I? Like those questions plague people, and I'm not saying that we need to fix our eyes on these things, but knowing those answers helps us to more helps us to to not have to continue to ask those questions. Yeah. Uh, and I think you will never find them if you look at yourself. Right, of course. I I'm completely in agreement. One thing that I've been going through recently in my own life is realizing that these are base questions that that need an answer. Like who am I? Who like who do other people say that I am? Who does God say that like these are questions that like will plague you unless you have an answer. But when you fix your eyes on Jesus, you can have the answer that you need, uh, Charlie. I think your temperament is like, well, the Bible says it, so you know, like it's done, <laughs> which I think is great. And I think some people, maybe me included, like we struggle and wrestle uh, with those kind of ideas, and we have to come to terms with, like, okay, I really do believe that Jesus, is, that I am who Jesus says I am, and I don't have to continually seek like the approval of people and I don't have to continually seek like this special treatment, kind of like what it's saying here in this passage. Like I don't have to continually seek these special knowledge and all of the, like I can just be content and at rest knowing who Jesus says I am because I actually believe that it's true. And then from there, I can continue to continue to more and more and more and more trust and fix my eyes on Jesus. That's what I was trying to say.
1: Yeah, no, it's true. And, um, Again, it goes back to looking at him. I yep. think we get lost and depressed and despaired very quickly when we just look at ourselves. Okay. And even back to our episode a few weeks back on humility, it's not thinking less of yourself. It's thinking of yourself less. Right. So this passage challenges us. think, Think of yourself less often. Think more about Jesus all the time. And I think often at times, I think it'll give us truth to... Uh, satisfy those questions. and other times it just like forget about those questions because we're too engulfed in who Jesus is and what he's up to. Yeah, yeah um, So anyway, one of the lies of our culture identity, look within, which is bridges like, hey, what are the other lies um that we see in our culture today? And I think one of those is um, that justice is found among us. Or in a social cause. Hmm. But in reality. Justice is found in Jesus. In his kingdom. In his cause. Not in a political cause. Not in any political party or political system. Like I think both. In America today. We think on both sides of the political spectrum. That justice is found in our political party. Hmm. Both sides argue that. But in reality. Jesus is the king. He's, He's the one. Who brings justice, and it's only found ultimately in him. I mean, even if the sociological studies, things that have been done over time, which we talked about in the past, and the impact on nations, it all comes back to Jesus preaching missionaries. It all comes back to everyday laborers in their everyday places proclaiming who Jesus is and culturally making a difference.
0: Right. It makes, uh, I I completely agree with you. Um we, I think many Christians, and I think this is a critique of Christianity in the United States, a very common one, is that we almost fly our political flag higher than we flag uh, fly the flag of Christ. Yeah. And uh, Jesus would say that that's a disordered priority. Um, all the way back in the Gospels, Jesus is talking about how if we really want to be his followers, we have to hate mo- like our mother and our brother and our sister and our, you know, our family. And uh, depending on which gospel you're reading that in, it's either kind of not clear or very clear, uh, but both of them have the same meaning, which is to say that we got to love Jesus way more than we love the very next right.
1: thing. He's using a hyperbole
0: there, right? He's not right. actually saying go hate people. No, of course not. He's not saying hate people. In fact, one of the gospels explicitly, I think its it says it in like Matthew and Mark. I'm sorry. I'm, I can't remember the exact references, but in one of them, it just says hate. In the other one, it says, compared to how much you love me, you should hate. So it's very clear from what Mm. the context that Jesus is really not saying hate people. He's just saying, comparatively speaking. And the reason he's saying that is because he wants wants himself to be number one, and then he wants number two to be a really, really, really long way away. The problem is uh, that it's not just our family that can get into that number two slot, our political party, our money, blah, blah, blah. So many things can get into that number two spot. And then, as number two inches inches up, closer and closer to number one, it's really easy for number two to overtake number one, which is a big problem. And uh, so I think you're absolutely right. Like there is no hope in politics, like no hope, no eternal hope in politics. Like I have very minimal hope that the any president will ever do what Jesus would do, you know? Like yeah. I have just what I know is that at the end of the day, when all the story is written and everything is said and done, Jesus will it does and will reign supreme. Yeah.
1: Whatever is gonna best provide opportunity for Jesus to be proclaimed, that's what I want to get behind. Yeah. And that's it. So um we're we're not saying you shouldn't be politically involved and vote and any of that. We we both have our political views, we both vote, like we're all pro in that. But at the end of the day we believe Jesus must be proclaimed as the one true king, and without that, it will crumble and fall.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: because we also would say, hey, like as believers, we should influence culture. We should be the ones at the tip of the spear. We should be the ones who are forming and shaping what the world looks like, because we have the all-powerful God on our side. Mm-hmm. And if we don't stand up and speak truth, and if we don't stand up and love people, and if we don't stand up and impact culture, who will? Mm, That's true.
0: So it also goes
1: to that. Like, if justice is found, if ultimate impact is found in Christ, then we should be the ones that are at the tip of the spear proclaiming and influencing.
0: Mm. You know, another one of the lies that we see in this passage is uh, just overtly written here uh, about uh, the asceticism of like, they have special knowledge and this and that. Yeah. Um, that's still something visionary that visionary
1: realm. Like you claim to have these special visions and all right. this.
0: That is still something that we're facing today. Uh spiritual leaders, political leaders, uh, these people who claim to have special knowledge. And people just flock to them and say, oh, please tell me, tell me the special knowledge that I don't have access to. And here Paul is warning against that. And here Charlie and I very clearly warning against it. If people are claiming to have special knowledge that you don't have access to, that probably means you're in a cult. Mm -hmm. Like Jesus has made everything clear intentionally for everybody to have access to. He wrote it it's all written here. Uh, there's no there's no reason for you to be flocking to people who have quote unquote, special yeah. knowledge. Avoid those people like the plague.
1: And uh, I would say too, um remember back earlier in Colossians we talked about in earlier episodes, Paul says, the mystery of the gospel has been completely revealed. It's oh. done. It's revealed. Jesus came. He died. He rose, and now we can have the reality of Christ in us, the hope of glory. Christ in you, the hope of glory. We we talked about that in episode or two, or two ago and how powerful and how encouraging that is, and that's the mystery revealed. So you don't have to be wondering what's the special mystery and who do I got to get to know. Well, I can tell you who you need to get to know. It's Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, but… Uh, I would say I would build off of that. Yeah, you might be in a cult if it's overtly stated in that way, but you might be in a really great church, um, a really great setting and still the enemy's whispering a lie to you. Well, I can't get the knowledge like my pastor does. Hmm. I, I I can only need to email him or text him or, or have a coffee to really know what the truth is in my situation. And hey you should have spiritual mentors and get up close and spend time with them and learn and grow absolutely they are there to shepherd you to teach you to equip you to help you but if you believe that you can only find the ultimate truth in that person you're going to find yourself disappointed and that's a lie of our culture that ultimately is also found back in their culture as well that's a lie that bridges the cultures for two thousand years
0: Hmm. absolutely And uh, before we wrap up here, I just want to make sure that we hit uh, this verse that was right here at the beginning, verses uh, 9 and 10. Uh, We would be remiss to read through this passage and not be sure to highlight this particular section. Um, This is one of the most key verses when just knowing and understanding who Jesus is. Um, uh, There's a lot of lies out there. We've hit this subject on the podcast plenty of times there's a lot of lies out there about who jesus is Mm -hmm. and uh, this verse is key in understanding who he is for the entire fullness of god's nature dwells bodily in christ Uh, i guess just verse nine the entire fullness of god dwells bodily in christ so when we make the claim that jesus really is god this is one of the key verses that we go to so just keep that in mind uh jesus is the fullness of god Yes. Dwelling bodily.
1: And that means he's victorious Mm. over sin, over lies, and over the people who tell the lies. And there's a third thing in this passage that he's victorious over. It actually is in verse 10, the one right after that one. Um, So that Jesus, who is the fullness of God revealed, in verse 10, it says, and you have been filled by him who is the head over every ruler and authority. Again, he's victorious. He's the head. He's the one in charge. He's the source of power and strength. And over every ruler and authority. That that's not just physical people. That's the spiritual realm too. Yeah. He's he's more powerful than every spirit, angel, demon, or whatever. He's more powerful. And it continues in this passage. Um. In fact, it says in verse fifteen at the cross, not only did he pay for our sin, it says he disarmed the rulers and authorities and disgraced them publicly. And then even later it says because of this reality, if you died with Christ, verse twenty. To the elemental spirits of the world why do you live as you still belong to the world so paul is talking about and and these three verses the spiritual reality that's going on he saw a world of warfare of demonic spiritual spirits warfare. influencing and impacting people and that being the real fight that we're fighting the spiritual battle and so the third thing jesus is uh is victorious over our sin he's victorious over lies and people who tell him and he's victorious over Um, the spirits of this world. So we can be greatly encouraged if we are in Christ. Mm. If Christ lives in us, we can walk with him in victory over all these things. Victory over our sin, victory over the lies, victory over the people who tell the lies. We don't even have to think twice about it. Uh, Or victory over the demonic realm. What do we do? We seek the things above, fix our eyes on Jesus. And so I just want to share a couple tips on how we do that. This passage opens and ends. It tells us fix our eyes on Jesus. And at the begin beginning, just the verse actually before uh, what we read today, it says that in Christ all the treasures of wisdom are found. Again, that even goes back to the other lie that that's like, well, you got to find it in a person. You got to find it in some special research or in some special revelation. No, you find it in Christ, mm-hmm. and He's readily available and accessible to you because he loves you he's just waiting for you to come and spend time up close to him um so i would say grow in christ seek him spend time up close with him get into the word of god get into prayer and that's going to help you not be deceived that's going to help you to walk out the reality of victory over these things Mm,
0: absolutely well thank you guys so much for joining this latest episode of fuel for the harvest we hope you have a wonderful rest of your day god bless